Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Mr. Murray. How are you doing from Buford G. Jemison? Oh, he doesn't live with you anymore. Do you have the mom's number? This is Mr. Evan Murray is a community school site specialist for the Blueford Drew Jemison STEM Academy West in Baltimore. Right now, he's calling students and their families to check in while his school is teaching remotely. Whatever he needs to get on, this is senior year, we want him to be successful, right? You lock my number in and you can call me. Like, I noticed this whole COVID thing is incredibly difficult, but... He's at the last leg of that, that four by one. He's running that last 100. We need him to cross that line. There are a lot of challenges that have come along with a largely virtual school year. Between learning new software, getting access to internet and equipment, and not having any physical connection to teachers, many schools have been struggling just to get students in class. People like Mr. Murray, they're trying to make sure students have the resources they need to not fall behind. And what we do is we stay on a Zoom all day and we provide technical support to teachers, parents, partners, and students. And that support can go from, I don't, I haven't seen a student to where are these resources at. We are like MacGyver. We're gonna do whatever we have to do to try to get the student in class. We wanna get these kids in class. With the school year underway and so many kids now learning remotely, how are schools doing? How are they getting their students to even show up and get the instruction they need to stay on track? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. For the last several months, my colleague Evan McMorris-Santoro has been covering how this pandemic is affecting schools across the country. So today, I'm going to turn things over to him to discuss the major challenges that students are facing this school year. Arguably, the biggest issue for schools right now is attendance, getting students in front of a computer with an internet connection and the right Zoom link. We're all isolated in our homes, right? And a lot of challenges can happen for kids and families. And if they can't even log on, show up, complete assignment, it means something has happened. The only institution that's connected to so many kids and families to make sure they're okay is arguably school. I spoke to Hetty Chang about this. She's the president and executive director of Attendance Works, an organization committed to reducing chronic absence in schools. She says that this year has completely changed the definition of the word attendance. It is hard to compare to past years because the way we even think about attendance has changed so much. What I will say, though, is what I'm hearing anecdotally is we have to be very, very concerned about what is happening right now. And we are still hearing huge numbers of kids having challenges with connectivity if you are actually offering school in a kind of virtual way. Maybe uh, they don't have any kind of uh, device, computer to sign in, or if they do, the device isn't working, or they have a device and they don't have internet. We're hearing stories across the country It's still anecdotal. We don't have 
you know, hard and fast figures for talking about what poor attendance is. But everything that I'm hearing is that there are huge challenges with attendance happening this year. What you're saying is we don't really have a good way of knowing what attendance is across the country. Can you unpack that a bit about what we do know and what we don't know about attendance at this point in the school year? We don't have a common way right now of saying across the country, I know a kid was there. Prior to COVID-19, we had a pretty common way. Kids got counted if they showed up to school and a teacher or some other staff person saw them at school. Right now, school is in a variety of forms, right? Some places it is in person, some places it is hybrid, some places it is virtual. Some places they still don't even have the equipment to offer a virtual option. They're still doing homework packets that are being sent out, sent home, and then you know they might have some system or might not have a system for knowing whether or not kids completed those homework packages. But all this means is that you know, what does taking attendance mean? We don't have the same version of what that looks like in every state or in every locality. And so it's pretty hard to know exactly how many kids are showing up there. Sounds like a real challenge in terms of just trying to engage students. Absolutely. Kids come to school when they have positive conditions for learning. So the first condition of learning is kids and families feel physically and emotionally healthy and safe, right? The second condition is that you feel a sense of belonging, connection, and support. The third condition is you're feeling academically engaged and challenged. You know, school's a place where you learn. And the last is you're surrounded by adults and peers who actually support those conditions. How do you, if you're in distant or hybrid learning, create a sense of belonging, connection, and support, right? How do you still help kids feel like they're part of the classroom? Last year, when schools closed, at least kids had had a whole, you know, seven months to build connections, relationships to their teachers, Now you're having to build relationship and connection to your teachers and your peers, but you don't even have a pre-existing one. And now you're trying to build a sense of connection. And that that's really tough. We are asking schools and teachers and kids to do something that we've never done before. You mentioned that obviously there isn't strong data yet, but you have some anecdotal evidence and that's suggesting that more privileged kids, English language kids are attending in greater numbers than some of the less privileged kids or those maybe for English as a second language or maybe even a third language for some kids. When you look at situations like that, what are school systems doing if they're doing it right to get those students' attendance numbers up? You have to take a tiered system of supports, which is like a public health model. So one thing that when school systems are doing it right, they build a set of foundational supports that help all kids and families, and they make sure that it's also happening for those families. And what I mean by foundational supports is you make sure that everyone has a laptop and connectivity, and you actually might contact every single kid in family to make sure they have it. You create things like advisories um, or um, homerooms where um, this is particularly important in a secondary level where a teacher, for example, has a smaller set number of kids that they check in with on an ongoing basis as opposed to 150 kids. Each teacher in a high school maybe has 20, 30 kids and they build a relationship and they check in with them over time. So 
that's one piece. But the other thing that you also have to do is you need to notice as soon as absences are happening. And then you also have to let families know things like, what's my kid's schedule? How should they be logging on? They did a study actually in the summer in LA Unified, where they actually were able to communicate with families in a way that reduced absences. And that was because they uh, contacted families and they told them which days their kids were absent. They made sure they had the schedule of classes. They made sure the families had logon information and they made sure that the families had a place they could call if they still had questions. And I think that reduced absence is something like 12%. So we can improve things, but we have to be in real communication with families and recognize the entire nature of schooling has just changed underneath all of us. What can parents and caregivers do at home to make sure their kids are attending? I mean, I, obviously a lot of people are, you know, the kids go in the room and they close the door, they're on the computer, you don't know what they're doing. What can those parents and caregivers do to make sure that attendance is happening? I would say a couple things. First, families can also not wait for schools to reach out to them. They can contact schools and ask them what's going on, tell me what's happening. I also think if families can create um, a space for kids to learn, you actually have to recreate routine. One of the hard things is the routine of school has gotten lost. So we now need to create, recreate the routines of schools at home, a place to study, a time when you're showing up. But I'll also say one of the things we have to be really careful about, Evan, is there are many families for whom they don't have the housing situation the, you know, to, to create that. So I do think families, though, have to be able to talk with schools about what their challenges are. And schools, in turn, have to make it easy for families to talk to them um, and help them, whether or not that's finding a place for them to learn, getting access to food, dealing with a housing crisis. So while I think there's a lot that families can do, we also have to make it that schools can provide those resources and supports to families. And that means that we have to look beyond schools for those resources. That is local government, that is public agencies. Schools can't address the connectivity issue just on their own. If we want internet bandwidth, we need to be able to make sure that as a city, we're creating those options. Schools alone won't have those resources. This is really bringing to the forefront that we have to invest in schools as community institutions. This week, New York City, the country's largest school system, announced it was going to temporarily close hundreds of schools in several neighborhoods following an uptick in COVID-19 cases. In a school year unlike any other, this work is more important than ever. None of us know when schools will be able to bring all students back to the classroom, and it's still unclear how schools are going to adapt going forward. This kind of uncertainty is scary. It's true for me, too, with my own kids. If you're the parent or caregiver of a student learning remotely right now, it's important to remember you're not alone. There's a lot of resources out there to help you navigate these challenges and make sure your kids are still connected to school as best as they can be. We are going to get through this, and we're going to do it together. As always, if you have any questions, please send a voice memo to me at asksanjay at cnn.com. You might hear it on an upcoming podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.
Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.